Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one history-changing minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Amendez in the news. And joining us once again, Pat Driscoll. Welcome back. Hi. So today we are going back to Minute 58, which starts with uh, the date November 12th, 1955. And ends with Biff saying, so I says, sure. <laughs> it begins with a story and it ends with a story. Yeah. yeah. And continues uh, so no, a story no, throughout. November 12th, 1955. I love, you know, I think I've come around to like the cartoonishness of, of this movie because we were kind of ragging on it toward the beginning. But I, I do love the fact that Marty can't help but say – November 12th, 1955, that's the day I went back. In, in, uh, uh, the uh, dad, my daddy, door. my mom, my mom, dad, 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 mom, dad, yeah. mommy, mommy. Daddy. Every moment of that is just like, wait, uh, no, uh, uh, uh. No, my, my favorite, yeah, you know, and then he recovers like, that's the day of the hill, the famous Hill Valley Lightning. <laughs> right. You know your history. <laughs> like, it is very, like, comic book. You know your history. Very good. Not very good for who? Very good for who? Good job. Yeah, it it, 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 it it is kind of like it like like Blofeld being like, I still know your history, Mister Bond. Yeah, yeah. I I've I always liked the cartoonishness of not just this movie, but the the series. I guess the main problem with with this movie is that that cartoony funness is juxtaposed with this kind of like Frank Miller heavy metal kind of right. meanness that I don't think suits the. You know, it, you know, it, it would be like watching a cartoon with the kind of style of Teen Titans or Gravity Falls, and then all of a sudden, like Frank Miller storyboards an episode, or like uh, Johan Vasquez does a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great point. It's it's really dark here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I, so it's yeah. I mean, I think that's ultimately the problem with this with with this movie in general is that. It almost overcorrects into the darkness um, because it's been really silly, you know, up to this point. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it just it just like overcorrects into darkness. And you're like, oh, my God, what is this pit of despair that yeah. I found myself yeah. in? Totally. It's a little bit all over the place for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, like Empire Strikes Back or, you know, what we've heard about episode eight. I'm, um, you know, like being like, oh, we're going to like, you know, go darker and stuff. But you don't really need Back to the Future to go dark because it's no. it's so, uh, you know, it'd be like if Huey Lewis and the news try to cover like Purple Rain. <laughs> I'd be uh, into Smith. that. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> if, if Huey Lewis covered, you know, please let me get what I want. <laughs> There's yeah. a light that never goes out. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't even, I can't can't even try to wind. think of how to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Pat, what is your uh, what are, What are your thoughts on the sequels? Uh, this was the first one I saw in the theater, okay, and uh, and ended up seeing it multiple times in the theater. So, as a kid, this one was really like my favorite. And probably the one I saw the most as a kid, but as an adult, uh, I think it's third for me. I think yeah. it goes one, three, two. 
yeah. uh, in my sort of appreciation of the movies now. But yeah. as a kid, I loved it. And part of yeah. it, I think, is how familiar it is to the first one. Right. Because there's so much happening again. Right. And uh, so as a, as a kid, it's easier to it's, – it's somewhat easy to follow. But then as a grown-up, it's like harder to follow in a way because <laughs> you're actually like trying to make sense of things that when you're a kid – you don't really even care. It's just yeah, like, when you were oh, a kid, you were boards. just down. You were like, okay, like Macaulay Culkin is inside of a book. Cool. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, Macaulay exactly. Culkin has a McDonald's the page in his house. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. So, it's only one movie. That can right. only be one movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think my appreciation for it has dwindled a bit as I've gotten older. I still think it's fun. You know, it's still like, it's definitely like oh. a fun movie, but. For sure. It's definitely my least sort of rewatched as an adult of the three. Yeah, that's generally what we found with most of our hosts is everyone seems to pretty much – with the exception of, of Michael last week, mm-hmm. everyone seems to pretty much be more on board with part three. You know what's really interesting is I think the thing about Back to the Future part two – it kind of suffers from the same problem as the two towers where it's the one that people feel the need to watch the least because it's not the be- you don't get the cool, you know, warm feeling of seeing the beginning, but then you also don't get the, you know, the exhilaration of seeing the end. Right. And the kind of only, uh, you know, paradoxes, if you will, or, you know, uh, whatever the, uh, you know, uh, anomalies to that theory, I guess would be like, you look at movies like the dark Knight, which is really, isolated from you know the league of shadows and that whole mythology right and then i guess empire which empire, yeah empire is weird because you also don't get the beginning or an end but it somehow does feel very well i would argue that you do get a beginning because it's it's not teed off the way that back to the future part two is right time has passed right so you get you get a new beginning, and arguably in Empire you start out with the trench run, which is pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. You know the whole Hoth battle. I mean, that's basically the the Death Star trench run of Empire. Is you open the movie with it, which is insane. Yeah, it's pretty ballsy. Uh, yeah. Uh. So so I would say you have an you have an opening. You just don't have the conclusion. You you're left on a cliffhanger. Um, but with this one, yeah, I mean, you don't get a beginning or an end like this. Th- I think part two on its own isn't a particularly satisfying movie. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah Cause like, why do you watch, you know, you watch part one because, because of like, oh, the enchantment under the sea dance and, you know, and like, you know, the, the lightning at just the right time. But in this one, there's really no moment. And then in the third one, there's like catching the train and you know, uh, Mary Steenburgen and, and, you know, the happy ending of the trilogy. But there's really no cathartic moment in the sequel. Right. I, yeah. And part two for me is just a lot of exp- – it's so much exposition. It's so much people explaining to other people what's happening or what's going to happen that it definitely, like, takes away, I think, from from seeing the action that you do. I think in the first one, particularly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, have we mentioned – I don't think we've mentioned this on the show yet, but these movies are coming to Netflix. Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They absolutely uh, are. I think actually by the time this airs, uh, the, they should already be on Netflix. 
Yeah. So now you and your friends and because I mean, I know if I was a I know if I heard about this show, that would stop me from listening to it is like if the movies weren't on Netflix. But now, like, we can actually have the listeners watch along with us, which is really cool. It is super cool, for sure. Netflix, um, saving the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, <laughs> that, you know your history. Very good. Tell Sally and uh, she'll give you a gold star on your way out. <laughs> Sally's the one with the big round earrings, not the diamond earrings. <laughs> yeah. The classy look, ones. That look like a rainbow stargate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell them apart. One is, one's earrings are classy, one's are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she bought them at Claire's. <laughs> the other true. one just makes Italian beef sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both fantastic. Yeah, great, great life. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that joke where Biff's like, uh, "So I was, uh, I, I, I was picking up my car, oh, yeah, you know, from the car shop because I'd rolled my car in a drag race the night before." And first of all, wow, they fixed his car that fast, <laughs> like overnight, really. Yeah, Biff's got a Noah guy or yeah. a guy owes him money or he's writing to beat up a guy or something. It's crazy. Um, and uh, and Marty's just like, I thought you had a manure truck. And uh, he's like, how did you, did you hear that? How did you hear that? I was like, literally the entire town of Hill Valley was there, Biff. Everyone saw right. that. That was the coolest Everyone thing ever. And we've established that Marty knows his history. Right. Yeah. No. They clear. added. They yeah. added. They added Calvin Klein jumping over your car to like the town mural at City Hall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hill Valley is only known for two things: get their their clock tower being struck by lightning, and that time Biff Tannen ran into a manure truck. Remember that one time Biff drove into a wagon full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> no. What? Duh. He owns a town. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Uh, yeah. Oh man. My I also I really love this is, it's probably my favorite moment of the whole minute. Is when when he says, How do you know about that? He's like, Oh, uh my father told me about it, and Bip goes, Your father before he died. <laughs> yeah. He's oh. like before he died. Oh, right. Okay. I forgot he used to be alive. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I thought it was. Uh, I'm only was, married to your mother and everything, but uh, I thought it was a damn ghost. <laughs> she never got a divorce. It's still legally his. <laughs> a real Marley situation. I might have found myself in. <laughs> Marty's just like you're going to be visited by three ghosts, right? <laughs> Me, George, and <laughs> Me. Me know. again in a cowboy yeah, hat, yeah, George and me. <laughs> maybe his, uh, maybe maybe uh, Biff's daughter. Uh, that, yeah, uh, played by uh, Busy Phillips. <laughs> right. Yeah, but so so uh, there's a uh, a version of events, uh, basically in the Back to the Future customizable card game. There is a character. Uh, who is Pat, don't hang Biff's, up. <laughs> who is Biff's daughter? Who is Biff's daughter? Which, which you know, makes sense because how would we get Griff if Biff doesn't have a daughter? Sure, or, or a kid of some kind, right? Yeah. 
So so Griff's mother is Biff's daughter, and her name is Tiffany Tannen. So Tiff Tannen. Right. And 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 Nick had the brilliant idea of casting Busy Phillips. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 no. It was not my idea. It was a oh, listener. Was it? Oh, it was a listener. Yeah, someone okay. on Twitter posted her a picture of her from Freaks and Geeks, and we all lost That's our minds. Right, yeah. and it was the most perfect casting ever. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I whoever that, that was who did That's that. That's you, you one of the great fanfic castings of all time. That's yeah. fantastic. And the yeah. original, like the kind of uh, the thought behind it was that she would be uh, Jennifer's bully at school. Right. Because ah. Marty already has needles. Right. Uh, who isn't really <laughs> even a bully. He just like eggs him on or whatever. Um, <laughs> he kind of, he kind of, uh, he kind of just forced it. He doesn't really bully so much as he like. He's just like it, a bad influence. He influences Marty into doing bad things for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's a real thing. No, totally. Yeah, I had happened. friends like that in high school mm-hmm. who were like not really friends. Like they were just part of the group that I hung out with, and they would goad you into doing stuff. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, for their the, amusement. Right, but yeah, but yeah, Tiff Tannen was going to be Jennifer's bully, which would have been cool. She was going to be introduced in the Back to the Future video game, but it never happened. Oh, yeah, it was a bummer. R.I.P. They could have gotten uh, Busy Phillips to play that role, and it would have been amazing. Um, all right, well, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I really love the idea that, like, for for a split second, Biff is afraid of being haunted by George's ghost. Like George yeah. is just like on that planet with Luke. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like Biff's Marley. <laughs> just like George, George's ghost shows up. Yeah, and it's Marley and Marley. <laughs> it's Biff and and Waldorf. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just one of them. <laughs> oh man! I also love uh, Biff. Biff's answer to. Uh, do you want to be rich? Yeah, like of course, of course, I want to be rich. <laughs> yeah, you asked me if I want to be rich. I said sure. Yeah, <laughs> my life. And not even like absolutely. Yeah, I would love to be rich. Just yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah, right. that's, yeah, kind of, that's kind of the the fascinating thing about Biff is like in the first one you don't get the sense that he has very big ambitions, right? Like he's not like Draco Malfoy, where he's like, "Oh, someday I'm going to be running." That you guys are going to be sorry. He's really happy to just bully people. But then I feel like, you know, kind of similar to Donald Trump, he was just like kind of a, a dope, dopey, powerful like business right. guy, you know. And every once in a while, he'd show up in a Muppet movie or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And like, oh, and he hosted The Apprentice. But you know, you give him a sports almanac, and now he's like, you know, the biggest villain in the country, you know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost kind of like uh, like Eddie Brock before the the Venom suit or something, you know? <laughs> right, right. The almanac is his Venom suit. Back is when Eddie Brock was a bad guy, I guess. Yeah, is is symbiote. Uh, that's that's a pretty uh, deep cut nerd reference. Sure, it was in a movie. <laughs> I guess yeah, it was, was in definitely a movie. in a movie. Yeah, uh, it was. If totally it's been in a movie, it's no longer obscure. I think. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I think the listeners can handle it. All right. Um, I'll tell you what, there's some deep cut nerd references on Orange is the New Black this season. There is, I love it. Yeah. They, they, they named talk a whole about episode how, uh, after Hispanic people like Morrissey. 
Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. God, I love that joke. I loved my it. Favorite thing. But no, no, there was there was that uh that, there was a whole episode named after Doctor Psycho, which is like a really obscure Wonder Woman villain. Right. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. Ridiculous. It's the it's the most I've kept up with what characters are reading on a show since Lost. Yeah, they must have gotten a super like super nerd on the writing staff this season. Have you gotten to the Wise Man Fears reference? Uh oh, the shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, yeah. It was it was just a really good season. Ugh. I'm not I'm not done yet, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so great. I I'm now I'm now watching Voltron. Nice. Yeah. That's that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and then I gotta finish Grace and Frankie season two, and then Voltron is is next on my list. Well, by that time it'll probably be BoJack Horseman, but then it'll be yes, good. July twenty second. Interestingly, Grace oh, and Frankie season two. And Orange is the New Black, their seasons end very similarly. Okay, fair enough. Um, you guys have anything else this minute? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, uh, if you guys want to leave comments uh, and, and yell, us, yell at us about going off topic all the time this week. <laughs> what do you think of Orange is the New Black? Email us <laughs> at backtothefutureminute.com. <laughs> Contact at backtothefutureminute.com. Uh, yeah, go to duelinggenre.com and you can uh, leave leave comments on this post or other posts, uh, whatever you want to do. Let us know what you think of these minutes. Um, other people do, and it's really fun. I, I've I've started seeing them interact with each other, which is makes me feel like a proud papa. Um, it's like that episode of South Park where Cartman gets sea monkeys. <laughs> uh, we're also on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook, all that stuff. Or like that episode uh, of The Simpsons where. Markets or Lisa gets. You can leave us reviews on iTunes. Uh, also, check out our other podcast, The Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast we do with Cassandra Fredrickson, uh, our guest like two weeks ago on this show. Uh, also, Geek by Night, our original audio drama about uh, you know all those all those nerdy references in Orange is the New Black. Well, if you want a lot of nerdy references, go check out Geek by Night because that's pretty much all the show is. Um, and, uh, that's not true. It's a lot more than that, but go check it out if you like nerdy references. Uh, so that's geek by night and, uh, go to duelinggenre.com slash support. Check out our Patreon page. Help us make back to the future minute. No roads edition, uh, uh, possible. We're only like 60, $65 away, something like that. So, uh, we're very close. And then we'll start making that every weekend, every weekend. That's pretty awesome, right? So go yeah. check that out uh, and go check out our t-shirts and stuff at duelinggenre.com slash merch. Special thanks to Patreon associate producer David Jeffries. We couldn't do this show without. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with a different Bye. Maniata. Bye.